Strengths. Welcome to another episode of Strength for Today with your host here, Eric Dykstra. And we get to jump into a great week of really following up from what we talked about last week. And that was uh, three passages in John, John 4, 7, and 10. And we ended the week last week by talking about John chapter 10, the Good Shepherd. And we're going to continue that this week where we get to look at Jesus as being a protector. And I'm going to give you three terms this week that we are going to talk about in terms of uh, continuation of this good shepherd, pic- good shepherd picture that we see of Jesus in the gospel. And as we get to look at the life of Jesus and we see these characteristics in his life, one of the big things about the way we are transformed into his image is of what we see in scripture of what the life of Jesus was depicted as. And so we are also going to look at Luke chapter 15 today and John 15 and help frame what we are going to discover about what a good shepherd does. And there are also bad shepherds and hirelings that we are going to see Uh, This was talked about in John chapter 10, but I'm going to break these down a little bit further just to give us a picture of what else is around us uh, in the world, because this protector mentality that begins to establish in us, as we saw in Jesus as the good shepherd, where he protected his sheep is often a mark of our maturity as believers, is learning to protect those around us. And as you experience the loving kindness and gentleness and goodness of the Good Shepherd, you begin to see how he protects you. And I've shared many examples throughout this season of how I've personally experienced the Lord as being good, as being kind, And if we're honest, this may be hard for some of us to have this image or picture of who Jesus is because of the hardships or the trauma that we may have experienced or how we've been wounded. And I would just gently invite you into uh, really looking at how to establish that connection. And as you read his word and get around people who are protectors, you're going to see that your heart is becoming soft and responsive to the Lord. Because a lot of times our perception or our experience of the Lord is really derived from how we've experienced love um, and, and protection from other people in our lives. And so if we've had a very hard and difficult life of constantly people running out on us or hurting us, Uh, This image takes a lot longer, and to feel securely attached to Jesus may come very hard, but it's being in the Word and being in a loving community of protectors where they protect our weakness, and they have a heart to see us restored, and they give us a space and a place to recover um, in terms of mercy and grace. And a few weeks ago when we were in Isaiah 54, um, in fact, we just looked at it last week where, you know, a few weeks ago, sorry, um, of God's mercy and how that is a value of his kingdom. And so let's just, um, jump in today. I want to begin in Luke 15. And this was a passage where Jesus was being criticized by the Pharisees, um, and by the scribes and, uh, Once again, where Jesus found himself was a place where he confronted the religious norms of that day 
And the Pharisees, the scribes, they began to see what Jesus was doing in the kingdom that he was ushering in. And there was a lot of complaining because it went against what they thought and what they knew. And so Jesus told them this parable of the lost sheep. And he begins in verse four by saying, what man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost, searching until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he gets home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. And this to me has always been one of the most comforting passages in scripture to me, because for many of us, we might look at that and say, well, what, why would he leave the 99 and, and go look for the one? Because he's leaving the other 99 um, uh, at risk or leaving them vulnerable, right? Well, that's not the case. That's not the emphasis because it's saying to us that he is going after the one, that he has worked with and among the 99 and they are safe, they are secure. And because he has lost one, he is troubled and he's got this nature inside of him to go after the one and to bring it back. And a couple things that really grabbed my attention as I was in this passage earlier this week was how it says he went out and to find the sheep that was lost until he found it. So that tells me he doesn't give up, that he's always pursuing. And he encouraged, I believe he's encouraging you in that way today that he's pursuing you, that he's pursuing uh, your heart and your restoration and your recovery, your healing. And he's not going to stop until he has found you. And so that is good news today. And then he says, when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. So I just like to picture the Lord rejoicing over me that day when he found me and I received him into my heart. It was like I was put onto his shoulders and he began rejoicing. And the thing that I love about Jesus is that he doesn't just want to celebrate you and I by himself, but yet what does the um, shepherd do here is that he goes and he finds all of his friends, his neighbors, and he says, rejoice and celebrate with me. So he brings other people around us to experience that joy of being together again. That's the heart of what a good shepherd is and it's what he does and he says to them rejoice with me because i have found my lost sheep this to me shows me that a good shepherd is one who really loves every single one of his children and he's going to go to any length in order to find them to bring them back to safety and if they've been injured to restore them to full health and wholeness and i believe that's god's heart for you and i and uh, hopefully you have experiences in your life or that God is leading you into experiences where you are going to know him as this good shepherd. And I want to draw your attention to just one other place in John 15. And it's right after he talks about the vine and the branches and establishing this life of staying connected to him. And so this is John 15, starting at verse 14. And I just want you to hear a few verses. So I would just invite you to get comfortable to listen to these and just to receive these words in your heart because they are from the very lips, the thoughts of God and his heart towards you. 
says this, he says, you are my friends. And if you keep on doing what I command you, I do not call you servants any longer for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you my friends because I have revealed to you everything that I have heard from my father and you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and have appointed and placed and purposely planted you so that you would go and bear fruit and keep on bearing and that your fruit will remain and be lasting so that whatever you ask of the father in my name as my representative, he may give to you. And I've always loved this passage as well, because it says that he doesn't call us servants anymore when we give our hearts to him, but he actually now calls us friends. And he says, what is made known to me by my father, I will now make known to you. And he calls us a friend. There is a level of intimacy and expectation that we can have in order of being in relationship with God. And I love he doesn't put pressure on us by thinking that we have to choose him. We have to find him. But it is a reminder to us from all of uh, history and currently that the Lord pursues us, that he is wanting to find us. And when he does, we just have to surrender and yield our heart to him. And he says, I have chosen you and appointed and placed and purposefully planted you. You are planted in a very specific circumstance and situation right now. And the Lord knows exactly where you are at. And he's planted you there in order to bear fruit. You may not see that right now, but your life is going to bear fruit and it is bearing fruit and your roots are going deeper into him. And as you do, his goal, his intention and desire for your life is that it would bear, not only would you bear fruit, but you would be able to sustain that fruit for the long haul. So even with what you're going through now, you may not see the end in sight, but as you get healed and restored in today, what he's doing is setting you up for the long haul to be able to be sustained, to endure hardships well and to suffer well so that when the time comes, your influence, your leadership may expound and expand in the hearts and lives of others more than you could ever see even in this current moment. So these are two scriptures I would encourage you to go back in throughout the week and I just want to simply introduce you to a couple key concepts that we're going to be talking about on Wednesday. And this was um, given to me through language of being part of an online group that really started for me about four to five years ago when I was introduced to the ministry of Deeper Walk. A lot of you have heard me talk about journey groups and um, my friend Amy Brown, who wrote the curriculum for it. Uh, it's an extremely great curriculum. Uh, but it's relationally focused. And in return of going through uh, year one, which is about 38 weeks, um, you know, I jumped into year two, which there is a curriculum for that as well. But the thing that I loved about them is how relationally focused they were and the transformation that I started to see in my life. Because when I was introduced to them and I joined this group online, um, at first I was a little bit, uh, I don't know if skeptical is the right word, but I just didn't know, like, could this community or relationship or this relational aspect really be formed online? But I needed a group that could hold me safely, that could protect me, um, and that I could be honest and vulnerable and transparent with what was going on in my life. Because at the time, 
I was at a very broken place. I was hurting. I was, I felt alone. But as I started to journey through these things called journey groups, and um, I started to form relationships, as I started understanding uh, what God was doing in my life, who I was becoming, uh, I started to understand maturity at a greater level, um, the aspects of freedom and identity being led by the spirit and really what heart focused community is and being part of a community that looks to protect each other, to honor each other. And we give each other place and space to really grow without having to feel uh, a sense of shame or guilt, um, maybe about our past, but just there is complete freedom and permission to be who I uh, really am. And so that was really helpful for me. But there was a section in this curriculum that talked about three different uh, types of people. And those three different types of people are protectors, predators, or possums. And before I get into that, uh, three other things from John chapter 10 um, that John 10 revealed to us in the Good Shepherd was there's a good shepherd, there's a bad shepherd, and there's a hireling. And this is going to tie in to what a protector, a predator, and a possum really are. And so let me just give you those three definitions really quick of, of what a good shepherd is. In Luke 15, which we just read, and John chapter 10, when it talks about the good shepherd going out and protecting his flock, the good shepherd is a shepherd that is willing to lay down his life and is looking out for those around him in order to protect them, to give them life, and um, to do whatever he can to empower and encourage them in a way where they flourish and they blossom. That's what a good shepherd does. And we saw that in John 10, where he leads them out and he leads them back in and he stands at the door and he is the door. And then there's the hireling. And the hireling was one we remembered um, that really runs at the sight of trouble. And he doesn't care about the sheep. He's only interested in protecting himself. And I'm sure for many of us, we've had experiences of people like this that we thought they were with us. And then when hardship came, um, they just ran and wanted nothing to do with it and weren't willing to stand with us in these times. And that's really uh, what a hireling is, is they are hired to do a job or a task, but that, that flock that they have been hired to protect um, they're getting paid. And so money is their motivation and it's not the actual sheep. And that's the distinguishing factor between a shepherd, a good shepherd and a hireling is that a shepherd isn't in it for the money or the result, but he is actually in it to protect the heart and to provide a place of safety for his sheep. And that's not the hireling's motivation. It's to get the job done. It's to get paid and it's to have a stable and secure um, job. And then there's the bad shepherd. And the bad shepherd well, is really looking to devour the flock. And he's only interested in himself, uh, to indulge himself, and for pleasure. And these are the three different distinctions that of what we're going to be going into on Wednesday and Friday. Because when we are around Christ and we see him as the good shepherd or a protector, then we begin to take on that nature and what the, the, the mark of our transformation should be in how we lead and how we love and how we serve the people around us, just like Jesus did as the good shepherd.
And this was what I found very interesting as well is for a bad shepherd or a hireling, the word hypocrite was termed. And that word hypocrite actually came from theater. And it was used as a character in the play that often wore a mask to hide their real appearance. And that uh, to me uh, was a sign of what happens a lot of times in life where we feel like we've got to wear a mask and hide who we really are because if it comes forward, people are going to know and discover things about us and we're going to be shamed or condemned or judged, which for often that has been the case for many Christians throughout history. But that the hireling, um, the, the bad shepherd often turn that word hypocrite onto Christians as well as that we as believers sometimes uh, don't do a very good job if we're honest about being vulnerable and giving people a place and a space to really be who they are, the good, the bad, the ugly, and just learning to be with them and to love them in it because it's through connection, it's through relationship and community that we find our strength and we find the healing and the restoration that our heart needs. And I want to give you one other illustration from a movie that I've seen called American Sniper. And this was a movie where there's a scene in there where a guy who I believe was in uh, the Navy SEALs uh, or some form of the military, I can't recall at the moment, but he uh, was a protector and he had to learn to be a protector of those in his platoon because he was their leader. And it flashes back to a time when he was in his house with his dad and his dad told him there are three ways of how we act and why we act the way that we do when it comes to bullies who are bullying us. And he said, there's the sheep, there's the wolves, and there's the sheep dog. And he began to tell, the father began to tell his son that the sheep, if evil showed up on their doorstep and they wouldn't know what to do and they would often be preyed upon and the outcome would not be good. And he said, there are those that act like the wolves or they are the bullies. They are the ones that are coming, often act with violence and they prey upon the weak. And so what they do is they see weakness and they begin to think about and plan of what they can gain and how they can indulge and how they can get pleasure from this whole experience. And then there are those that he said that are blessed with the aggression and overpowering need to protect the weak or the flock. These are the sheep dogs he was talking about. And then uh, that was a very powerful image for this um, leader uh, in the Navy SEALs or whatever branch that he was in about protecting his platoon and becoming a protector in life and how he really began to understand his role as a sniper was protecting uh, his country, was protecting his people um, from, from predators who were trying to rob their freedom, that were trying to take their lives. And uh, I just thought that this was a very powerful illustrations of the three types of things that we're going to go into on Monday about just what protectors are, uh, what predators are, and what possums are. And so I hope you'll join me on Wednesday as I'm going to start breaking this down and then we'll close out Friday. And what I'm going to do is just help you understand the characteristics of who we become in Christ. And when in terms of how we live in this kingdom, if you go back 
a few weeks ago, we talked a lot about the values of the kingdom, about things like salvation and stewardship, our spirituality and our servant love. And this is these all four characteristics of his kingdom are going to, we're going to see them in terms of our transformation. And then the, the, my approach to this really is when we grow in Christ and we come into a place of maturity, we really are going to move from having a predatory lifestyle and predatory mindset towards others into a protector. Because we often understand that uh, we have sinful habits and tendencies where we are looking out for ourselves and we're only concerned with our own gain. But just like in Philippians 2, it says that Jesus was our example and that we should have the same mind that Jesus did to lay down our lives and to serve those around us. And in Mark 10, 45, where Jesus made the statement that I didn't come into the world to be served, but to serve. And so the mark of our transformation that I get really excited about is seeing these predatory or sinful habits in nature begin to diminish in the life of Christ rising up. And now we become protectors of the weak. And now we see weakness as a sign of potential and opportunity to help those who are in need become strength. And we can begin to, to give our strength of protection to them so that they can grow, that they can mature, that they can heal, and that they can recover from the things they need recovery from. So please join me on Wednesday and Friday of this week. Um, it's going to be an incredible time. And I believe that it'll be challenging and convicting. And it still is to me because we're all in process. I'm still in process. And even this past week, dealing with tendencies that I've had that haven't been fully resolved in me, where the Lord is confronting them and bring them into the light so that I can have more integration of Christ's fullness, more of his identity, and more of these protector skills in my life so that I can protect those that I deeply love and who need the love that only God can provide around me. So God bless and God's strength today.